Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. Consulting Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 1. My name is Diogen Tirandekura. I am one person, but I belong to three countries at the same time. My roots are from Burundi. I am born and raised in Belgium, and I became mature in Canada. Burundi, for those who don't know, is a small country located in East Africa. Belgium is in Europe, while Canada is in North America. Therefore, I come from three continents. In this first episode, I will introduce you to my personal story, how I started in the consulting industry, and what led me to create a podcast about business management and information technology consulting. I am born in the capital of Belgium, Brussels. I grew up there in two different modest, let's say modest neighborhoods. I was like a regular middle-class kid. I was born a refugee, uh, became Belgium at about, uh, at about 12 years old. Uh, I was just a regular guy at school. I just loved playing soccer and going to music festivals uh, most of the time. One of the big perks of living in Belgium is that you have um, the access to higher education is very democratized, meaning that it is very accessible for um, middle-class family, lower middle-class families, precarious families uh, to send their children to a university or to a college or what is called there uh, in French a uh, haute école uh, of a certain quality. There were government programs put in place, you know, to uh, to sponsor a substantial part of the school fees for students that were living in lower income households. I don't know if today in uh, 2019, 2020, uh, those programs are still in place, but um, in my generation, it definitely enabled a lot of people to have access to quality education and at the same time, as a result have a bigger chance to enter the, the job market. Actually, I studied business administration uh, in a public college and I had the ambition to become an international salesperson. So I was excited of the idea of, uh, of traveling and working in uh, all the different continents in the world and trying to sell something. And guess what? I became international but I became another type of salesperson, more consultant. But a consultant, he's a salesperson. He's always, he's always serving a client. He's always working in the context of a demand of a client. Therefore, there is sales involved in the work of consulting. And twenty years ago, uh, when I was uh, when I was studying. Um, what we would study in terms of uh, of sales and commerce is pretty different than uh, than today uh, there was no um, there was not much or there was not at all uh, social media and there was not much uh, there was not much internet 
So after getting my degree, we are talking about uh, 2006, I wanted to be comfortable in English, with uh, speaking in English. Yeah, by the way, this podcast is being done in English. However, it is not my, uh, my first language. Maybe you can hear it. I am a native French speaker. And notoriously, uh, French-speaking people are not always great with English. Let's be honest there. And um, I wanted to be, um, to be fluent after, uh, after school. Uh, mostly if I want to do anything international. I think it was, uh, I think it was important. And uh, I went to India to do an internship over there. They needed a French-speaking person for a um, stones company, an Indian company exporting stones. And uh, I spent about five months uh, in New Delhi. It uh, enabled me to meet, uh, to meet first a different world and a different culture, but also uh, meet meet people that came from uh, all over the world and uh, I was forced to to uh, interact with them in English and that made that, that enabled me to become uh, to become more fluent and then when I came back from there in 2007 I applied for uh, I did apply for several uh, several companies but I did apply for uh, IBM Belgium thinking that I will go into their uh, sales sales team there. I think they had something like a sales school. I don't know if they still have it now, but uh, I'm talking 2007. There was a sales school that was available for young graduates. And then when I came to that young graduate recruitment day, they were, they were actually recruiting consultants. And I had heard about the word consultants and uh, consulting, but I actually had not much idea of what it is. <laughs> um, so instead of uh, trying to become a salesman over there, uh, I became a, I became an SAP consultant, uh, and that was pretty uh, pretty random. So it's not like I uh, I decided uh, out of school that I yeah I absolutely want to become an IT consultant and actually I really want to do SAP. No, I had, I had actually no idea. And so that means that when I started, I had pretty much no clue of what I was supposed to do i had pretty much no clue what it meant to be working on a daily basis at the client office what it is to run i was not running the project but what it is uh what are the things that are looked at by a project manager when he wants to run his project what are the expectations how how teams are uh, are divided why do we uh, gather teams by skills or by line of business, which is a completely um, uh, matrix-based uh, project project organization? All of those things, I had to discover them by themselves. And what is very important, and uh, the reason why I bring up my, I brought up my uh, upbring upbringing <laughs> or my education or uh, my, um, let's say, social class uh, in Belgium, is that when I started this job, I had no one in my family, my friends, or the friends of my, uh, friends of my parents, friends of my uh, family, that were remotely um, connected to the world of um, business and IT consulting. So I had to discover everything a bit by myself and, uh, and on the job. And it was really, really not easy. Um, I did not quickly have uh, a 
how can I say that, like a uh, a mentor, a sponsor that would uh, really completely root for me. I actually, I actually did had a, f- a formal one, but let's say someone that is uh, close to me on a daily basis. No, not really. I had some that were uh, context based in a, for a while in on project, but not somebody that was uh, necessarily following me um, on at least on a weekly basis, basically. So that's just not a. That's actually not a critic. It's just it's just a fact. And maybe uh, this is something I should have uh, I should have done better. Uh, by the way, maybe I should have raised raised my hand or be more vocal uh, to have uh, to have more support. Uh, but that was just uh, the way it was. So the real struggle for me was that radical change from uh, the the friendly atmospheres I was used to when I was uh, whether I was at school or whether I was. Uh, in in India with other uh, other um, other international people, uh, and that radical change from that friendly atmosphere to that competitive work uh, work environment. So what happened during all those years is that in my head, even though some days it was pretty, let's say, mentally mentally difficult to make sense of why I am. Uh, why I keep doing it because I do this job since uh, since twelve years, but I must say uh, easily the first um, how can I say yeah the first two years were uh, the first two three years were very uh, were very difficult, and the thing that I was telling in my head is that if I keep learning from the senior people that are active in the project, one day I may become a top consultant, and um, that's what I keep doing actually today even today so. What I try to do is I keep learning and learning and learning and uh, learning from my peers, learning from my uh, superiors and learning from uh, and love and and learning from clients. And what I love about um, about consulting is that you and what I love specifically about the uh, ERP implementation project is that you have that chance in a very short amount of time to break down all the processes and the structure of a company and set up a new system and enable that client company to run its operation in a better way than before. The profile of the company can be small, medium, big, government, private company, manufacturing, chemicals, high-tech services, etc. But at the end of the day, what happens a lot in ERP implementations is that you get uh, a five-year, 10-year, 20 years, multiple decades of a company history to go through to re-engineer, re-engineer its processes, clean up the data and migrate them and switch on new systems. I find it exciting. I really find it exciting. And... Um, you also collaborate with uh, different people from all over the world. You d- you collaborate with people that have different business. No, not different business, but I mean different educational backgrounds as well. And those perspectives add to your knowledge a great way. And this is why I think that the world of consulting, the real world of consulting, has to be better known to the general public. And now we are in uh, 2019, we approach 2020, 
and we should not have anyone in the world starting a consulting career and be like me, clueless about uh, about what it is. So that's one of the big, my big goals with this podcast. I really want to make the profession of, of a consultant in its complexity, in its variety, in its um, diversity of uh, diversity of profiles and perspectives. I want to make it known to the general public. Another big reason why I wanted to start a podcast, uh, it's a completely selfish reason, is that, uh, as I said before, I love to learn and I just want to learn and keep learning and hear new stories. I want to hear stories of consultants that have led a lifestyle uh, that is uh, out of the ordinary. And um, when I talk about lifestyle, I am uh, I'm not uh, referring to uh, uh, that uh, you know that famous image of um, a very common image of someone sipping a pina colada uh, lying on the beach with a laptop and and honestly I have never seen anyone with a laptop on the beach but uh, those images are uh, are very very very, very uh, how can I say that uh, yeah they are very very common uh, but when I talk about lifestyle I'm I'm just talking about someone that could have uh, had flexible work schedules, uh, specific work arrangements, someone who found alternative ways of delivering services to clients, someone who decided or accepted to uh, to move abroad for a period of time to serve a, a client or or uh, do a project and there's really different types of stories with different types of guests that will be introduced in the show. And, uh, you know, consulting by itself has to carry its own lifestyle because it's a lot of work that is project-based or contract-based. Otherwise, you're what we call on the bench. You're, you're on the bench. It's a bit like a, like in sports. When you're not on the field, you're on the bench and you're watching people uh, playing the game. So in a nutshell, this is really why I want to start this podcast and the type of content that I hope you will enjoy. And if this episode inspired you into listening more about the consulting lifestyle podcast please subscribe to the podcast and uh, hopefully you will hear and enjoy other episodes and then uh, if you like them also leave a review on itunes it will be really 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 greatly appreciated so um, this is your host diogene tirandekura introducing you to the consulting lifestyle podcast See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogen Tirandekura.